All right, my brother. Let's go ahead and get this thing started. <clears throat> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what's going on? It's your boy, the Prince of Botch in the building. Dwayne, man, what's going on? Welcome to the Life's a Botch podcast. You already know, man. One of the most entertaining, the most anticipated and the most electrifying podcast of all time ladies and gentlemen that's right you already know what time it is uh we're gonna get into some things today man you know i know y'all have uh, been having some opinions out there about uh you know a certain electrifying one you know a great one that decided to hit y'all streets and y'all ears with his first rap verse ladies and gentlemen i'm talking about none other than Dwayne the rock johnson and tech nine coming together on the song, you know, so we're going to talk to y'all about that. I want to know how y'all feeling about that, you know what I'm saying? But of course, the main topic of today's show is going to be about a really dope series that just wrapped up. Their season finale was this past Sunday, a show on stars by the name of Hills, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, I had to talk about this and make this a discussion episode, and I got a really special dope guest He's actually a first-time guest on this very show, as a matter of fact. It's been a minute, my guy. It's been a real long minute. But, yo, when I say this gentleman is literally a awesome brother, he's one of my favorites, one of my brothers from another man. And let me just say, if I know this is a wrestling podcast, but if you are a basketball head out there, okay, if you know your sports and you think you know your basketball, well, I got a podcast that you should check out that this gentleman happens to be the very host of. I'm talking about none other than I Got Next, ladies and gentlemen. That is a podcast dedicated to all of my hoopers out there covering all things basketball. And of course, with a sprinkle of some nerdiness, as you can tell from the swag, if you see in the video version, you can tell the way my homie swagged out right now. You get a little bit of anime with some DBZ in there. You may get a little bit of some Marvel talk with my boy Galactus on the T. And you never know. You just never know what you're going to get, but you're mostly going to get your basketball talk. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome our guests into the show. I'm talking about my brother from another, one like no other, you already know, one time, make some noise for my boy, Margin Wells. What's happening, what's up, bro? What's up, what's up, what's up, man? I appreciate you for having me, bro. <laughs> Anytime, Amazing bro. Amazing intro, like always. You still got it. My guy, I appreciate that, man. You know, I, hey, I'm trying, dog. I'm trying out here, man. Trying to keep things epic and energetic for my peoples. Uh, so welcome to the show for the first time, bro. This is where we basically just have some fun, um, you know, Given the fact that you are a previous wrestling fan of the past, man, from the good days, the good times, I will pick your brain on that a little bit. Golden era. Golden era, Golden you know era. what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit on, uh, you know, how you feel about it. And I'm sure you've probably seen some of the product recently and probably just for kicks and giggles to see what it's been like nowadays. So might do a little research with you on the end, towards the end part. But our meat of the show definitely Let's talk about uh, uh, this show that we just got through witnessing, man. This this Heels show featuring none other than Stephen Amell, who, if you're a DC fan or just a comic fan in general, you might know him from a really awesome series by the name of Arrow. And uh, he was the Green Arrow, Stephen Amell, man. And he went on to do other side projects after Arrow, of course, but most people know him mainly as the Green Arrow. But after this show, 
how can you not address this man also as Jack Spade, the heel among heels, who has made this show exactly what it is, heels, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, Wes, sir, what you got to say, man? Like, what, what are your thoughts on how this show, from start to finish, how it's just been as a whole, man? Uh, first and foremost, man, I think they, they nailed it with the title, bro. Heels. Yes. Awesome title. Awesome yes. title. Because um, it wasn't so direct, like, down-home wrestling. You know what I mean? That wasn't a title. Like, if you know mm-hmm. any wrestling, you know what I mean? I described the show. Well, I was telling my homeboy about the show, and I just mm-hmm. said the title, and he asked me if it was a wrestling show. So people who know, they already know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But um, I was I was surprised at how good it was. Honestly, mm. I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. I watched it just because I'm like, okay, a wrestling show. It's on Showtime. It's on Curse. Yeah. So let's see what's about. You know what I mean? But I was real surprised. I remember yeah. the dude, like you said, from uh, from Arrow. Yeah. And uh, Arrow was cool for about the first two seasons for me. Mm-hmm. Cut it off after that. Because uh, uh. that was kind of a problem for me. You know I mean? <laughs> but, I, but now I'm thinking, I don't know if it was the acting or if it was mm-hmm. the writing on the show. Because he nailed this shit. It, it could have... You know what? I think it could have been um, because I was a big Arrow fan and um, honestly he is the reason why Stephen Amell is the reason why I even started caring about the Green Arrow because before that series I cared nothing about the Green Arrow man. I really didn't. like. I was like look the Green Arrow? You mean the fake Robin Hood bro? Like who you know? But uh, he really gave you insight on that character and really made you want to know more about who the Green Arrow is and things like that and want to know his background, man, because he really was so invested. And I think what it was is it was definitely the writing because um, he was on a podcast with, uh, shout out to Chris Jericho. He was on a uh, Jericho's podcast and he actually talked about how he was like us, man. He didn't really know much about the Green Arrow persona and the character. He just kind of went into it like, yeah, you know, we're just going to go into it. In the first season, he did. But then, as the seasons progressed, he really started to develop the character and learn more about him, read more of the comics, and really started understanding him. And then he really just, like, embraced the character and really made it what he made it. So I have no doubt that he did what he could on his end. Um, mm-hmm. But the writers, he definitely admitted, he was like, if you're, like, a real DC fan, or just a comic book fan in general, you already know that you're going to say the first two seasons were awesome. You're going to say season three was eh, okay. Season four sucked. Season five was like, five and six were like, all right. Seven was like, seven. They actually went to eight. They ended at eight. It ended at eight. Arrow ended at eight. (laughs) It's okay. You, you, uh, What's his boy? Uh, that's boy Slade Wilson. Slade Wilson. Season two, yeah. Yep. You know what's funny, man? Honestly, that's the season that arguably can be said was the best season. Probably is the best season of all time for Green Arrow. So, you know, shout out. You know, people know, like, shout out to Stephen Amell to what he did for the legacy of the Arrow and for that show. Uh, but again, he's moved on to other projects. I mean, if you're a Ninja Turtles fan, you may even remember him as Casey Jones. Uh, you know, if you were into the Ninja Turtles movies and you saw the second Ninja Turtles, like, yeah, yo, yeah, look, you see, I see your look on your face, oh, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, man, like, Stephen Amell's been putting in work, man. He's been really... How old is he? A lot. 
You know what? Honestly, that's one of those things I would actually have to look up. If I had to guess, I would say early 40s, maybe mid 40s, if that, probably late, late 30s, early 40s. But I, I don't have my phone exactly on me. It's charging at the moment, but I don't have it on me to actually look it up to see. But I would guess he's in the range of like early 40s at least. But uh, he's been around for a while, man. He's been he's been grinding it out. I, I, there was a movie I saw him in once where he was just literally like an extra, you know. And I peeped it and was like, "Yo, was that Stephen Amell?" And I'm like, "Oh snap!" I'm like, "Yo, look how hell. far he didn't came, man." <laughs> but he's doing so well, man. So let's let's bring it back on subject to heels, man. And like you said, the the title was already off top. I like you. I remember when I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, snap. Now, initially, I'm thinking this was a movie. I didn't know it was going to be an actual TV series until one of my buddies Mm -hmm. pointed it out and was like, I think that's more of a show than it is a movie. And I was like, for real? So it's now episodes. I was like, oh, that's even better because that means I could just like watch it week to week, like and enjoy it. And um, like you, man, I didn't know what to expect from the show. I just really hope that it didn't make wrestling look corny to a person that probably doesn't follow wrestling as much where it's like, oh, here's a show that's based on wrestling that's just going to make it more corny. Like, mm-hmm. But it actually ended up being very, very phenomenal. It told so many different stories, which we'll get into with some of our favorite characters throughout this show um, because I know I have, I have a couple in mind that I really enjoyed and felt invested in and um yeah man like heels to all those who don't know i mean y'all mom wrestling smarts out here so y'all i know y'all know the terminology behind the word of heel but to somebody out there because i do this for my casuals out there my people who don't know about wrestling or maybe they know a little bit about it i do it for you too so i'd say if you know if you're saying heels like shoe heels like high heels like no, 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 not those no red bottoms heels. over here. No red bottoms, guys. Heels is a wrestling term for bad guys. Literally, you know, they put the S at the end. So heels meaning bad guys. But if you just say heel, you're referring to that person as the villain, the bad guy, the mischievous one in the story that's being told in the middle of the ring. The one that's always going to do pretty much any and everything to try to win the match. Playing dirty hitting you with a low blow, talking about the city and their teams. You know, we call that the cheap pop. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the New York Knicks will never go anywhere. After New York Knicks, this is that, just mm-hmm. to get big boos out of everybody. You know, that's what a heel like would do. That's a heel like move. So this is where- It's my first time going. in Cleveland. It'll be my last. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just beautiful, man. But- what I really like about this show off top is it takes what a heel is and it literally shows you why it's good to be the heel sometimes. Uh, especially because in the wrestling world, we all know nine times out of 10, even though you're supposed to boo the heel, fans of today kind of actually cheer for the heel secretly because mm-hmm. the heel that jerk. I mean, it's like being a female when you're like, oh, I want me a good man but you love them bad boys secretly because you already know, like, man, you know, he do what he want. He out here acting like this and that. 
you secretly crushing on him, ain't you? You don't want that good guy. You know you want that bad guy. Okay, cool. You know, so that's what it's like being a heel. So let's 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 talk about um you said it surprised you with how good it was. So guide me through your thoughts when you saw just the first episode alone. Let's just let's just break it down that way. When you saw that first episode where you got to meet characters and you got to see the plot of the overall story just off episode one. What was your thoughts going into it? Who stood out to you? And what was it that made you say, okay, I'm going to watch the rest of this after this episode because that was just too good? Um, refresh me on episode one. What happened at the end? Was that okay, the one where so, did he, um, did he, that, that was the title match, right? Yes. So that was where they did the, they did the big build. Uh, Jack Spade, you got to see Jack Spade, you know, who was, came in as the champion. And you knew that his brother Ace was coming mm-hmm. for the title. He was chasing for it. And they were building up. They were doing the build up for the big title match between big brother, little brother for the championship in a league that is based off of their very family from their father. So um, episode one was where we basically got to see where Ace was showing you I'm the good guy and these people love me and I am going to win the belt. I need to that's, win the belt. That's before he beat him for real, right? That was episode two. This was, yeah. like, a, this was like a regular match though. Yeah, it was like a regular match. And, and you know, you got to see the difference between on screen and what it's like being a character when you're in that zone and then what it's like off script. So like when you're completely behind the scenes. And so we got to see Ace as Ace Spade, the character, going mm-hmm. for the belt. But then we got to see Ace Spade as the person yeah. and how he acts in real life. And same thing with Jack. So just off of that dialogue in general, which led to Spoiler alert, you know, if you haven't already seen the show, then I don't know why you're listening to the podcast, because if you call yourself a wrestling fan by now, you should have been able to watch this show. And if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it now. So this is your moment. Real quick. All right, that's enough. I'm a heel I'm now. A spoiler. I'm, yeah. I'm a heel now. So, hey. So let's get right into it, man. So episode one, um, Jack Spade, man, he comes out. He's cutting a promo being a heel and he beats you know just a talent in the ring you know and he's acting like a heel doing what he does saying he's the champ cuts a promo next thing you know out comes a spade little brother runs to the ring they start squaring off knocks out jack jack is out of the ring and backing on back like a typical heel would do because it's like i don't want that smoke right now you know and he's backing out with the belt Next thing you know, they start cutting promos on each other. And little brother Ace is like, hey, I'm coming for that title. You name the time and you name the place. And Jack's like, I did name the place. I said next week, you dummy. This and that. And next thing you know, it's like, hey, Jack, F you. You know, crowd eats it up. Cheers. Ace Bay's looking lovable. He's looking like the top baby face that you want on your team, that you want to root for, that you want to push for, which leads to their big buildup of those two going at it in the main event for the DWL Heavyweight Championship. Which, of course, leads to that dramatic ending. So 
this is where I pass it over to my boy Wes to get his thoughts. Like, uh, leading up to all of this, man, what were your thoughts? Like, who stood out to you, man? Um, honestly, I thought Jack was the best heel. Um, his, you know, fast forward a little bit, his wife was saying, you know, she married a face and, you know, she wanted him to be a face again. I'm like, look, tough luck, sister, because this man is a masterful heel. Like, you know what I mean? He don't <laughs> That's yeah. what I thought from the beginning. Um, also, I thought Ace was probably a weak ass face. You know what I mean? Mm. It wasn't it wasn't believable from the get go. Because how I'm looking at it is like, I know this is a show about wrestling, but I was mm-hmm. trying to treat like when they were really wrestling that it was real wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was trying to treat it like that. It wasn't a TV show, yeah. and so I'm like, yeah, if this was if this was WCW or some shit like that, I wouldn't believe that he was a uh, face. I wouldn't wow. believe it. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to root for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought off the rip, his character was kind of weak, like whoever wrote it. And then as as the show goes on, I'm realizing, oh, damn, Big Brother's writing all this shit. Mm-hmm. Damn, why, I'm like, why do you write your brother such a weak character? And then <laughs> so as the show keeps going, I'm like, okay, you just got him opposite of what he really is. Mm-hmm. So it's not that the character is weak. It's just hard to sell somebody who's a heel in real life. At the mm-hmm. base, you know what I mean? It's tough. I'm telling so, you. Noticing that kind of show was like, okay, so these guys are pretty much playing opposite to themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like that. I like the I like the location. I'm glad I'm glad they put it in Georgia. Even though, honestly, keep it a buck with you, the show reminded me of like as soon as the first episode ended, it made me want to watch it mm-hmm. because it reminded me of the stories my mom used to tell me. Um for those who don't know. My mom is from Memphis, like my boy Highlight here. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So there's a, as you know, they used to do, you know, the um, the local promotions in, in Memphis. Mm-hmm. The boy Jerry, Jerry the King, that's where he came out of. You know what I'm saying? Right. So she used to go to those back in the day when he was coming up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She was telling me about them matches. So mm-hmm. it just reminded me, I've never seen it, but it reminded me of the, sense, the stuff that she used to explain. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I could just, you know, I, I could picture everything and it, it just looked, the Duffy Dome. I love the Duffy Dome. Yes. This shit was like, it reminds me. I, I caught a couple episodes of this. Uh, what's this? NXT? Yeah. NXT, yeah. 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 I caught yeah. a couple of those, and it, and it reminded me of that, honestly, a little bit. So I'm like, all right. Wow. They, got, they got the location down. They uh-huh. got the venue down. Um, off the rip, man, I think probably Jack Spade was my favorite character until I saw, uh, what's her name? What's the, like, manager's name? Was it Willie? Willie, yes, Willie. Yeah, she she quickly. I'm like, okay, you yeah. got the hard ass here running the show, man. Like she quickly became my favorite character. Yeah, so man. Episode one, man. It just drugged me in, drugged me in. The writing was good, the match was good, yeah. the wrestlers looked believable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it was a small promotion, which was like, okay, I be- I believe everything that's happening in the show right now. Small yeah. town, small promotion. Yes. Um. The southern accents weren't bad, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I felt like the southern accents could have been maybe just a little bit better for from some, from some. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, even with Stephen Amell, man, that was if I had to knock him as Jack Spade for one thing, it was just that southern accent, just a little bit. Like, there were times I could tell, you know, with him being Canadian originally, it's like mm-hmm. I could tell he was trying to really bring out that southern, southern like feel. And sometimes I felt like he tried just a little too hard with it, where it was like, 
right, I'm hearing, I'm hearing Oliver Queen and not Jack Spade right now. I'm hearing a little Oliver mm-hmm. Queen in there right now, but he still overall still made it believable enough where you could really like invest in it. So it wasn't one of those things where you're sitting there kind of like how if a Jamaican heard somebody that was not really Jamaican trying to portray them, you know, you'd be like, okay, that that's not really a good accent. It's not the greatest, mm-hmm. but it's not bad either. I can make that believable and, and give into that. So like that was probably my one knock on Jack Spade per se as as a character. But you're I agree with you, man. Jack Spade, just when you thought like he couldn't do any more heel-like things. Let's let's let's, let's talk about that for a second because Jack Spade, we find out as this show progresses, we found out this man that did a lot of sinful heel-like things in real life outside of the character he is, you know? And it's like, Jack, why would you do that? Like, you set your brother up for failure more than one occasion, you know? And... The first time we got we got a business to run out here, man. Yeah, man. It was we got we got a business to run. I'm not mad at nothing he did. You're not mad at it. You was uh you was like you was cool that he Bret Hart ace, you know what I'm saying? He gave him the Bret Hart treatment a little bit like Vince McMahon did him. It just was like, hey, gotta hit with that Montreal screwdriver. You know, man, I'm talking about put him in a straight little submission the moment they started wrestling, and just was like that was that was kind of weak. That was kind of weak. I will say that. He did stop his brother's chances mm-hmm. of going to the big promotion. Mm-hmm. But, 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 like, I mean, you didn't really want to wrestle anyway. You about to go and fuck with Wild Bill. By the way, Wild Bill, I'm sorry. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. rewind. Come on. Talk about Wild Bill, baby. Who wants uh, to go one on one with Wild Bill? Wild Bill. Wild Bill's got it. Wild Bill's got it. (laughs) He's got it, okay? Now that heel, that's a heel. Right when the show starts to kind of like, because it's it's an hour show and Mm -hmm. it's not all wrestling, you know? It's a lot. It's To me, the show's more about the writing process than wrestling, Mm -hmm. if we're being honest. But when when the show slows down, when we're not in the ring, when we're not cutting promos, Mm -hmm. he keeps the show going. Even yes. when we're not wrestling, you know what yes. I mean. He keeps the show going. I do hope they give him more scenes in season two. Yeah. But he kept the show going. I have to give him that credit. I do gotta give him that credit. But Jack, man, you know he was lame for not letting his brother go to the big promotion. That was lame as fuck. But mm. it's like, hey, look, Wild Bill fucked it up anyway. Ace might have gone to the big promotion. He might have fucked it up because you mm. didn't know how to act. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, look, I gotta kind of humble you. You know, I'm playing fairy godmother here. You don't know what's going on. I'm making sure things is working. Yeah. Yeah. It was all for the benefit of Duffy, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it was selfish, but it ended up working in the end. But it ended up working in the end. And I agree, man. Um, touching back on Wild Bill, he he was one of my uh he's not, I'd say he was top three in my favorite characters. Uh I have a couple that I put above him, but that guy definitely, uh, he did a great job putting you on one heck of a roller coaster ride because you almost didn't know what to really think of him because, like, it was hard to really, I think his representation to me, if I had to compare him to a real-life wrestler, Jake the Snake. I'd say, okay, Jake the Snake. 
Yes. And look, in terms of look, yes, he, he channeled that energetic the snake. But who he reminds me of is Ric Flair. And I'm going to tell you why. Because, because of the plane situation? It's because the plane situation in the, the, Well, yeah, there's the plane situation. And then there's also just the fact that with Ric Flair, you get that character both on screen and off screen. Like you, it's hard to separate the man from the character when it comes to Ric Flair. Like he is literally Ric Flair almost 24 seven because the lifestyle Ric Flair talks about the limousine riding, the jet flying, all that. Kiss stealing, will and dealing. He's literally doing that in real life, which is why rap culture embraces Ric Flair so much and is influenced off of his lifestyle like that because he actually lives what he's talking about, even now. And it's like Ric Flair has this thing where he just can't stay out of the spotlight. He can't stay out of the wrestling business. Like even when he's too old to still do it, he was that. That is what you would see. You would see a wild build type you know when you mm -hmm. think of rick flair and that's why it's like when i watched him i was just like highest of the highs to the lowest of the lows and yet still out here making you like really just care about this dude in a way where it was like yo that was kind of that was kind of dirty to do that but then at the mm -hmm. same time you understood you understood what he was really trying to do he was really just trying to ignite fires in people and um yeah, man, like he was a he was a character. So, but Jack going like you said, Jack. At the end of the day, he had to do what he had to do for the business. I respect that most about him, because of the fact that he really did do his best to really just show y'all like this is a legacy, and I'm trying to take. He he was kind of doing the Vince McMahon route in a way, like. I'm trying to take what my dad did and better it and make it even more further. Like I'm trying to push, mm -hmm. you know, Vince McMahon did the same thing. Like with what Vince McMahon senior did before Vince McMahon junior, Vince McMahon senior did all right with the wrestling business. He brought it to a, a, a mainstream level, but Vince McMahon junior said, look, I see wrestling going this way. He said, bump these territories. I'm getting all the talent. We're going to team up with MTV and, and famous singers, and we're going to make these characters larger than life, and we're just going to be the biggest thing smoking, and look at where it's got them to this day. So I can understand Jack's vision behind if he's screwing a guy like Ace who's like, I'm going to win this belt. I'm going to go up there with the big boys, and I'm going to take the belt with me because I'm the champ, and that's just going to leave DWL hanging. We can't do that. We got to still put on shows for our fans. So, like, I really enjoyed the aspect, speaking of Duffy, just the city of Duffy in general. I love how they showcased that small towns like a Duffy really, people say when there's nothing going on in small cities, you know, like, it's not in Atlanta, it's not in LA, you know, these little smaller market cities that are just, like, real small Southern towns to see something like the DWL looking like the biggest thing smoking. You saw banners, bumper stickers, people out there supporting, riding hard for it. Like it was a football Sunday. And it just made me think about how 
some of these cities that don't have a football team or don't have a basketball team, it's like that for them in real life. We may not have a professional basketball or football team, but guess what? We got college. And to mm-hmm. them, they are our pro team. So we repping them every time they playing this week. We we out there deep. We ready to come to the games. Uh, you know, and the same thing with wrestling. Like there are a lot of indie promotions out there where in their city, they're the biggest thing because that's what that city has to cling on to. That's their identity. That wrestling league is their identity. And it's it's just cool to see that in a show form where they really emphasize and bring that out that the people of Duffy love this promotion and they need this promotion every single week. So that was that was pretty cool. I, I like that aspect of that, definitely. Um, but I tell you, man, um, let's get into some more favorite characters of ours, man. And I'm gonna tell you who really really caught my attention the most was Christy and Crystal. I think it was Crystal. Crystal, I think it was. Um, The lady wrestler? Yeah, you know, like, to see her story and how she just morphed, it was kind of a beef for me at first because I was looking at, like, the time frame, and I'm like, okay, this is in the Deep South, but it seems to be modern day because there's Instagram, Facebook, there's, you know, social media. Yeah, podcasts. Like, so... In my mind, I'm like trying to see like, wait a minute, why are they giving her an old school treatment of, oh no, women are only valets. Women are not allowed in the locker room with the fellas. And I'm like, hold on. If this is in a modern day sense, she should be because women's wrestling has taken off nowadays. Like that, the way they treated women back then when they was like their valets only, that was stuff from like the seventies and eighties. So I'm like, that's why I got a little confused sometimes with that, where I was like, why isn't she in the ring? Or why isn't she this and that? But after the way this show ended, I see where the writer was going with this. He wanted to literally build that up of the evolution of the female wrestler going from being exactly what she was. A strict valet that was a pretty face, come out there with the wrestler to make him look good, and just be out there, smile, nod, you know, mm-hmm. interact, not do much of anything, you know, but still be noticed. And then to go from that to, you know what, seeing behind the scenes that not only did she know it to a T, but she loved it. She was passionate about wrestling and she actually knew when, how to do it. She studied and would watch them practice and would like literally be like, no, you're supposed to do this when you drop your elbow. You're supposed to do that. You know, as a new guy who's green in the ring trying to learn, Bobby, good old Bobby, you know, good old boy Bobby, man, while he was over there trying to Bobby pin, trying to learn, you know what I mean? And there's Crystal right there watching them like, you got to do it this way, like that way. And it's like, you're a woman, how do you know that? And she shows you when she gets in the ring, like, yo, I does this. Like, I've been doing this, and I've always wanted to do this, and I want to do this. Her story went from underdog to top of the mountain, all in eight episodes. And I love 
every bit of that storyline because not just as someone who supports the women in general with what they do in life, but just also just the fact that that's a lot of us, man. Like, how many times do we see something that we love, that we know, that we study to a T, and we're like telling people secretly, but we're going through all of these hurdles and obstacles, even in her case, from, from screwing up, going off script, getting fired, and basically being a fan for a while, you know, and having to like build her way up to say, man, I want this more than anything. And then you finally get that moment, that moment where it was like all of what I went through made this worth it. And she told the story of not just every woman wrestler, but every wrestler in general, or like I said, anybody in anything that really wants to be at the top of their game whether it's music, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, I'm trying to be the top artist out here painting, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is that you're passionate about, she represented the fact that you can take your passion and you will get where you see yourself. But it takes time and it's going to take a lot of slow progress. And her progress made that so, so worth it. Cause I, I ain't gonna lie y'all, I was cheering. When, when I saw her grab that ladder, and and like she got in that ring like hey ace let's go you ready to do this i'm like yo she about to don't tell me shorty about to mess around and like she about to carry this I, mess i had mixed thoughts about that boy i had really mixed thoughts about that when i go out i had mixed thoughts about that oh man it touched my heart bro i was like come on crystal let's go you know you were like get that belt girl get that belt you know I feel you. She was a necessary character to the show. For so sure. For sure. I was, you know, but I, I didn't really like the fact that she won the belt thing. I ain't gonna lie to you. Really? Oh, know. man. That's... I ain't like that one. Dude. What about just my boy? I, saw it coming. I just saw it coming from, like, the beginning of the episode. You know what I mean? Like, when they when they was doing the match and they kept saying Ace was gonna win the belt, I'm like, okay, well, Ace is not gonna win the belt. Something's gonna happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just from, I, like, just, you know, watching enough TV, I'm like, okay, this is not gonna happen. It shows don't end like that, you know what I mean? Where exactly. Goes, like it's not gonna happen that way. So at first I'm like, okay, somehow Wild Bill is gonna win this belt. Then I'm like, nah, he's not gonna win this belt either. And then I've seen like a little uh, the the full circle moment for for Crystal coming, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, she's somehow some way she's gonna win this belt. I didn't know how. What I do like is how they twisted it so she right. could win it. Uh-huh. I like that. But I yeah. was like, eh. the fact that she won the belt, because I'm like, you're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting in season two to make this make sense. Yeah, so. <laughs> you well, sound like Bobby like, Penn. Like, that's kind of like mean, what Bobby Penn said. You got to make it make sense. That's the only thing. Like, there's no, we don't have no, like, lady wrestlers and the whole shit. So you're going to have to add more or, like, you're gonna have, I don't know. You got to figure it out. But, yeah, yeah, it's it's something to think about. You're right, because going into season two, it does make you say, like, What's gonna happen to carry on what just happened now? Because now mm-hmm. we see there's two there's two storylines, and if there's anything I didn't like about the ending of the series as a whole was it left you with so many open ended questions. Is Jack Spade and his wife gonna be able to make this work, or are they she was done? The worst on the show. She's the worst character on the show. I ain't gonna lie. I was waiting to get the, but she's the worst character on the show. 
What? Do explain, brother. Explain. Yeah, what? The, worst, the worst character on the show. Not feeling Stacy Spade, huh? No, I because I mean she just served no purpose. You know what I mean? You could have you could have had them be divorced from the beginning of the show. You know what I'm saying? Like you could have had them be divorced and then maybe trying to reconcile that the whole the whole um series. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think she added much. I don't I really don't think she added much. Like she didn't she I guess she showed another side of Jack, but not really because he was showing mm-hmm. that side with his brother and his mom. Yeah. So it was like the same thing. Um you know, you saw Jack Spade's nicer side with his son, I guess, but I don't know. She just was real unnecessary. They could I just, just never figured her out to me. Like I like I couldn't figure out what her purpose was mm-hmm. until the end. And I know that was part of the whole thing. She didn't really have a purpose until the end. She's trying to find herself. She didn't want to be the guy's mom, because the mom, that's all her life was was wrestling. I get yeah. that. Right. But I was just like, like I, I wasn't I wasn't feeling you like we could have just, every scene that she was in could have just not been there and there would have been nothing wrong with the show. You could have you know, like had a phone call, Zoom meeting, like, hey, um, yeah, you got yeah. you got the, the the kid today, yeah, I'll come pick him up, yeah, okay, and we could have just gone on about the business. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she wasn't mm. me, if she wasn't, she was like, she went from being. First lady of Duffy wrestling, mm-hmm. right? Even though if she never really was that, that's how I was looking at it from episode one. Right, right. To, to like almost as bad as what's the but what's Buddy's name who does the Florida wrestling? Who's the oh yeah, guy? yeah, I know who you're talking about. The FWD guy, um, uh, Dully. I think it was Gully, Gully. It was like Gully or something. She's just as bad as him. As far as you are taken away from what's going on in Duffy. Like, you're taken away from it right now. You know what I'm saying? Because you yeah. got... Like, it just... Nothing made sense, bro. Like, why? Like, okay, if you're married... <laughs> they're, they're, they're married for how long, right? They're married. You married a wrestler. You knew mm-hmm. what this was, right? Right, And you right. Got, you got, The guy writes wrestling, and you went crazy because he fucking... Passed out Kleenex, throwing his brother. Like, yeah. what, it just it didn't make sense. I'm like, why'd you, why'd you leave and go to your friend's house for that? Like, that don't make sense. Like, yeah, you know that was. Like, yeah, that it was. was it didn't make no sense to me. Like, why did you get that mad? Why did you like? Okay, he didn't make the. Um, he missed your fucking stupid ass song at the christening mm-hmm. of the uh, baptism. Okay, uh-huh. you're mad at him for that, like. He didn't lie to you. He never lied. He didn't say, "Oh yeah, I caught your song." Like he told you the truth. I mean, I just, I just didn't understand a lot of things, man. I just felt like they made her like a nagging. Like they, she, they could have made her an integral part of that show mm-hmm. by somehow weaving her either into the help, into mm-hmm. the uh, her helping Duffy's uh, wrestling, wow. or like totally hurting it. They could have been good with that, but yeah. At the end of the day, she ended up just being. Unfortunately, a nagging wife. That's the show that mm. she lived up to. Like she was like, she was like a worse Stephanie McMahon. Except Stephanie wow. McMahon was actually part of the building. She, Stephanie McMahon was like part like her character, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, she was at least part of it. Like she wasn't even part, it was just a, a worse version, you know what I'm saying? Like where Deborah 
when fucking Deborah was stone, like Stone Cold's wife and they brought her in the shit. Yeah. That's how, that's what she was that's how bad that was. I, I see where you're that's going. I, 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 I see your point of view there. And you know what? If I'm being honest, um, so I'm going to go a little opposite, but I understand where, why, you know, Stacey Spade didn't really do it for you. And the reason I'm going to go the opposite route uh, is because I get what dialogue they were trying to tell with this one. Because basically, um, you know, wrestlers, especially when you have a WWE schedule. Now, I will say this is an indie promotion, so it's a little different, but it's not different because it's an indie promotion and it just so happens to be ran by your husband who took over the reins from their father, you know? Uh, So the thing about it is, it's like... I do agree with you where it's like, yo, I mean, you knew what you signed up for because you knew he was about wrestling. You knew he was a wrestler. You knew he was running a promotion, all of that. So you, what do you expect? But the story I think they were wanting to tell was just the fact that wrestlers go through this all the time. They say that when you're in the wrestling business, you really can't be married. Like, even though there are wrestlers that are, they really say you can't be married because you're always so laser focused on what's next in the storyline that's being told. Uh, or in the case of like a WWE, you're always on the road because the schedule's so hectic. You're only coming home like a few times out the year. And so, you know, most of these wrestlers when they're traveling like that, even when you're an indie wrestler, like, like on a level of a Duffy, if you're an indie wrestler in these indie promotions, you're grinding it out always in your car going from like city to city, getting ready, trying to make it to your next gig just to get on the next show. And you don't have time to really sit at home, spend time with the wife, watch Netflix or, you know, cut the yard and go get squirrels out of the attic and do the things as a family. Because again, you got to focus on the business. Like you said, it's a business, but when you're married, you already know, like, wives know what they signed up for, but it's almost like they forget that because Stacy Spade, I guarantee you, is definitely a lot of wrestling wives who aren't really in the business. Now, there are wrestlers to this day who are married to other, to their, their wife or their husband is a wrestler like them, so it works because they both do the same thing. But if you're married to someone who doesn't, wrestle who doesn't get in the ring like you do it is tough and like you said finding herself that's where it really hurts because hurts the most because it's like there are wives out there who really don't know who they are because they're like stay-at-home mom raising the kids if if they have a kid and if they don't have a kid they're still just stay-at-home mom waiting for their husband or wife to come home, spend time with them, and knowing that they're probably tired from being on the road, want to chill, and you know, to hit back on the road and do it again the next day or the next week, you know, so that they can keep providing. And it's just a tough, it's a tough thing. The relationship aspect of it, it, it I understood what they were trying to tell. They were trying to show people who may not be wrestling fans that like, this is how that business really goes. It can make some marriages, but it breaks a lot of them that much more. Like for every marriage it may make, 
it breaks a thousand more, especially back in the older days. Man, mm. shoot. You really couldn't be buried back in the 80s and 90s when they was partying when they weren't in the ring and they were partying at the clubs and, you know, God forbid, here come this, you know, these ladies for the night in the corner. You know, it, it just, it was life on the road was something. And um, I get that story. So I'm, but I feel you because she did, they could have done some things better with her uh, character wise where it would have seemed like she didn't come off as so needy. Uh, it just but, drug her out so much, man. Like, yeah. it just drug her out. Like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's, like, her friends it's, being with her, like, hey, let's go to the show. And she's like, oh, no, no, we don't have to, you know. Girl, you're like the first lady. Like, let's go. Let's, you know, like, like you know what I mean? Like, just certain things. Just, all right, man, come on. Man. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, the, the, because it took place in present time, mm-hmm. that's what was so confusing to me. Because I'm like, okay, if this was like a 70s, like, if they were jumping back and forth more through time, like they did at the beginning, like, they jumped back and forth more, yeah, I would get it. But this was present day. So in my head, I'm like, didn't, didn't they say she graduated college? Did she graduate? Yeah, she did. Degrees and shit like that, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you got a degree. You want to be more uh, involved. You don't want to just him be making all the money. You want him to go to work. You want to have a passion. I get it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's 2020 in this show, 2021, whatever. One of those two years. Just go do something. Like, go figure, like, why did it take? Why? Why did it take so long to come to that resolution? Like, it just yeah. go do it. You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. I, don't, I didn't. Like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. So you got your job. Okay, cool. So just you know what I mean? I didn't. It just you could have had a resu- resolution so much faster. You didn't yeah. have to make it this big thing. Like, oh well, I'm gonna go sing at the rodeo while you're doing the wrestling. Like, <laughs> all right, cool. Like, they could have did a better job explaining wrestling to their son. Cause yeah. now there's some like you know ages a lot. Oh yeah, of yeah. Cause him oh, him God. punching him punching a third grader in the face is like oh that's how you know you're the son of a wrestler. Cause and, and even then I agreed with the pops. I was like, <laughs> I mean, bro, this is the nigga is at a certain age. He was getting bullied. He told him, hey, if you say this again, I will punch you in the face. He yeah. warned the kid. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting bullied. You can't be mad at nobody how they react to getting bullied. So in my head, I'm like, this is just real life little boy stuff. Like that just like you know what I mean? He could have gone the other way and mm-hmm. just got continued to get bullied. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, everybody's so sensitive now, like everybody's killing themselves and has anxiety and all this other shit. Like, what you want him to just take the bullying all day or what you want? You know what I'm saying? So that was one thing where I'm like, that and that was more that added to her character. I'm like, you really mad at him for this? Like, okay, he saw his dad punch his uncle. All right, guess what? Right before that, he also saw his uncle break somebody's leg. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Same game. Who? What are you talking about, Stacey? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, punch him in the face because you need to know that's not right. We don't break people's legs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and we talking about we talking about an uncle that was literally your hero. You you looked up to that man more than your own dad, which is weird. It was like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? And Pops like, kind of knew that. Pops, but Pops is a heel. You know yeah. what I mean? Pops, one, Pops is a heel. And two, he's your dad. There's a time and place for all little boys, no matter how close you are to your dad. Your dad's in your fucking ear. And he's mm-hmm. telling you shit. And you don't want to hear it at the moment. So not only you got to deal with that shit, you got to deal with your dad being a heel in front of you. So you're like, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, it's much easier to hate him. 
Yeah. It's way easier to hate him in that moment because he's telling you, he's disciplining you, and yeah. he's a bad guy wrestler. So it's really easy. I yeah. just like, they could have gave, like, I, I, again, man, the Stacey thing was just stretched out. Like, they made they made Jack Spade out to be a bad husband and dad for a small period of time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, he was very neglect, not very neglectful, but he was, he could have spent more time with his kid. He probably could have spent a little bit more time with the family. But it's not like this is a bad guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it was just too much of a dramatization between their relationship. Like, yeah, uh, it's, it's really. Hey, he was, he was, he was trying. I mean, in, in he defense was, like, you know, Jack, he was not trying. Cheating out here. He wasn't cheating on you. What is that like that? You know what I mean? He's at work. He's working on the shit that he took from his pops. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And 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 speaking oh, of pops, let's let's talk about King Spade. King Spade for a second. Um, how did you feel about that dialogue when they would show the flashbacks and they would show what Jack had to go through? Because it seemed like basically he seemed to be the redheaded stepchild of the two. Uh, you know, all the love seemed to go more to Ace, to where whenever Jack was trying to play Big Brother, he getting freaking out, you know, beat up by his own father in a way where it's like, yo, what What were your thoughts on that? Like, what, you know, especially for him to be, as uh, Wild Bill described, he was the ultimate good guy, mm-hmm. but of course had a vicious side to him. So mm-hmm. it's like we got to see the, it's like we got to see the real vicious side in real life based off the flashbacks with Jack and Ace. So what, what you got to say about that dialogue? How'd you feel about King Spade? Um... I like King Spade so much that I think season two mm-hmm. should be probably like 12 episodes. And I feel like half of those episodes should take place back in time and you mm-hmm. explore more about King Spade and Wild Bill's relationship mm-hmm. and how the thing came up. I feel like I feel like they should spend half of this next season back in time and showing that because mm-hmm. of because I think the best parts of the show were alluding to King Spade mm-hmm. and seeing how his parenting techniques mm-hmm. affected his children. And then when they do the flashbacks, directly seeing it. And mm-hmm. then the, the, uh, the videotapes that Ace is watching. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I like all these different tidbits because he's dead now. So yeah. you don't get it directly. So yeah. You have to watch how Ace and Jack move mm-hmm. to kind of see things. And then when you get like the little flashbacks or you get the, the videotape of the football practice yeah. or whatever that was. I mean, yeah. black football on his birthday. Black football. Yeah. Uh-huh. You uh, kind of, the picture starts to be filled in even more. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you get that, 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 that uh, Jack is the almost controlling older brother, older brother. Yeah. And For then sure. you kind of understand more once you see the flashback. And I thought it was well done, man. I really did. I I I, I like the obviously you don't like the relationship between Jack and his dad, but yeah. you, it it was necessary. Um uh, and you understood more like it reminded me, honestly, of like uh like how you said Wild Bill was Rick Flair to you, mm-hmm. and I said Jake was fake. Uh-huh. It's like 
because there were so few characters, they were able to wrap up all these famous characters in like a couple people, right? Like, yeah, Jack Stanley was like a uh, he was like Hulk Hogan to me. You mm. know what I'm saying? I was looking at him like Hulk Hogan. Okay. For the for the fact that he was the the face. Mm-hmm. Good guy, Jack Spade. I mean, a uh, King Spade was my. You know what I mean? Right. Old Duffy thing. It's my shit. It's my league. Yeah. American hero, right? Uh huh. Also, had a fucking mean streak behind closed doors. Was a real nasty guy. Mm-hmm. I ain't never forgot Hulk Hogan. Oh, how you doing, brother? And that was really just nigger. You know what I'm saying? I oh yeah. Forgot. Yeah. I've never forgot. I've never forgot that. Uh-huh. And, and I love Hulk Hogan. To the uh-huh. intro. Uh-huh. Come on, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Doing the guitar on the belt, like he was the coolest shit ever. You know what yeah. I mean? And then you out here in your real life, uh-huh. you fucking you're a nigger hater. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, okay, King Spade, you're the top dog of this promotion. You, mm-hmm. you know, everybody loves you. But you're a piece of shit dad and a guy. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. You're a piece of shit. And so even, even when they did that one promotion, when they showed him and uh, Wild Bill, when they made the old school promotion, and they yeah. finished taping it, like, are we fucking done with that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You could see what kind of guy this was. So I was like, damn, there's a lot of Hulk Hogan going on right here. Yeah. So it kind of like, it, it, I, it showed me a good little parallel in real life to where, you know, hey, these are just characters. Like you mm-hmm. said, some people can't turn it off. Mm-hmm. Some people, this is literally just a character and they're nothing like this in real life. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, I'm I'm glad they made King Spade that way because you get to see how his how his um, parenting affected his two boys. How mm-hmm. you wouldn't let, you wouldn't give Jack the proper fucking credit or nothing mm-hmm. like that. Super hard on the oldest and yeah. then you see youngest and he's the golden child he's the you know what i'm saying don't touch him don't hurt him because he's our fucking golden goose yeah. you don't matter you're, you're already a piece of shit like me we're gonna yeah. fucking live and die in duffy this is the way out <laughs> over here this is the future. you know what i'm saying yeah I, 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 I like all of that you know what i mean i thought i thought unlike stacy spade i thought this was necessary you know what i mean I yeah this was he was very necessary he like knocked it out the park and he was barely in the show now you're right about that um, because I'll tell you who got opposite reactions. Much like how you felt about Stacy, mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling Mrs. Spade much at all because we really didn't get much of her at all. Um, because like in these flashbacks, we saw more of you know King Spade, mm-hmm. but you almost hardly like think about how bitter she got. You know, telling Jack Spade's son, who, you know, just being a kid, you know, praying for the family and assuming that his granddad's in heaven is like, your granddad's not in heaven. He's burning in hell. And it's just like, we never really got the experience. Why are you so angry about this? Like, I know he left you, but like, there has to be more to that story, right? Which I would think or hope season two would explain this a little more on her end because they didn't really do a good job of like explaining why is she so bitter? What is she so angry? Like even when Ace was like trying to invite her to come see him win the belt, like, hey mom, you know, come live, this and that. Like, I don't like crowds and ah, uh, nah, just, you know, and it was just like something got her where she just, 
Yeah, you know. I think it was purposeful. I think it was purposeful. Because I, I agree with you. They didn't really do much for her. Mm-hmm. But I think it was on purpose because it's like she was from the old school. It was be seen and not heard type of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you were King Spade's wife, be seen and not heard. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like uh, I don't know if you ever watched The Godfather, any of those movies, but mm-hmm. like in Godfather, you don't see the mom much. She's a couple scenes, she's says or whatever, whatever, and then that's it. Like, you know what I mean? You're supposed to just be here. You know what I mean? And I think, not, I guess now that you bring that up, I guess that was a good contrast between the Stacey Spade and Mama Spade because it's like, okay, this she wants to be, you know, Destiny's Child, independent woman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Mama Spade wants to be Destiny's Child, Katie you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you get to see the difference, mm-hmm. and it's like, this is what you'll be like if you're just seen and not heard. And yeah. I guess that's what Stacey didn't want. So, um, I, I wish you, she was kind of a weak character. She was kind of a nothing character, but I think that was on purpose. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to have no, you know, I think the more and more, like the, that scene where she was talking to her grandson about, you know, going to hell, I think mm-hmm. that was her best, her best scene because it's like, you got to see kind of why she was stale all the time. Like, you still bitter because y'all believe in, y'all y'all are devout Christians, and you believe mm-hmm. that, hey, when you feel yourself, it's over with. Yeah. So she, in my head, I was like, okay, well, she's still wrapping her head around that whole shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's why I said, I think in this second season, they should spend, like, Godfather 2, it should spend, mm-hmm. like, half the movie in the past. You know yeah. what I mean? Kind of giving us a good little, it's either that, or they should merge the two fucking federations. Yeah, yeah, Why something, something. something. Um, so let's speak of the mom, that I that I agree. Okay, okay, I see you, man. I, I love this dialogue. So, uh, here's another character that I had a personal favorite, um, for, and uh, I was a little upset at like towards the end how his character ended off per se, but in a way, it was one of those things where it's like. It's going to be interesting to see how things play out for him in season two. But I'm talking none other than my boy, my boy, my boy, Rooster. Good old Rooster, man. Good old freaking Rooster. Man, look, coming out with the Afro, letting you know, Mm -hmm. man, I'm the best. Like, I mean, talk about charisma and attitude. Like, if we talking to anybody, that's, that's your Shawn Michaels. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's your guy who's like, look, I'm the best thing you got right now. Like, I can make everybody in here look good. Like, the fact that he in the ring practices showing y'all, like, come on, sell this elbow. Like, ah, ah. Like, oh, man, you're doing a good job. Like, that hurt. Like, motherfucker, that did really hurt. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like, but then, like, turn around and, like, you know, old boy does a splash on him and he's like, ah, ah. He's like, and that's how you sell the frog splash, you know, like, he's like, so then, yeah, you know, it's just going to carry me out, you know, I'm acting like I'm hurt, boom, throw a little throw to the crowd, they're going to be great, you know, and just being that fan favorite who is full of charisma and this and that, but then it got to that point where he represented what I, what I identified with him the most is in wrestling, even to this day, right now, you have so many talents on a roster where you have a guy that's exactly like Rooster. Literally, he checks off all the boxes. 
He's got the he's got a good look to him. The the crowd loves him, you know. Over with the fans, can actually wrestle and sell and do what you need him to do. Put him where you need to put him. All these things, but yet doesn't get his shot. Doesn't get what he wants and what anybody else wants. That's doing what they do. You want to win that belt. You want to have that moment where you're like, yo, I'm on top. All of this because I finally made it, like I'm at the top. And to tell that story in a way where he's like, it was almost like I saw where they like kind of did like a racist feel to it, but then they weren't really doing that because I saw where James Harden's character, uh, you know, or James Harrison, James Harden. I'm sorry, I was thinking of James Harden the basketball player. Like, I was like, oops. <laughs> no, sorry, not like, James Harden. I mean James Harrison. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that was a botch from the from the Prince of Botch himself. That was a botch right here. James Harrison, the football player, y'all, who y'all saw as abomination, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, apocalypse. Uh, apocalypse. There we go. Uh, you know, he literally. You saw where when they had their dialogue, and he's like, "Yo, man, just talk to Jack Spade. Like, just have a talk with him. You know, like." And he's sitting there like, don't you try to make this about race either. I don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? Because I had my chance. I had it and I blew it. You know, I got hurt, this and that. Uh, but like, he was just sitting there saying like, to ask Jack, like, yo, what's that my name? That was weird, by the way. That was weird, by the way. That was kind of weird, by the way. With the little race thing. The little race thing. I don't, oh, I, yeah. Like, as, far as, as far as like, me thinking of like the writers and two white dudes of the show. Yeah, I just thought I, was, I thought that was a weird little tidbit, like from just knowing that white people wrote the shows, like, oh, and don't try to make it about race either. Like, like you yeah. had the black dude tell the other black dude that. Tell the other black dude, that. yeah, That's yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I see, I see what you mean. And but see, the, cr- right, the crazy man. thing about it is the business is it really. It wasn't about race. It wasn't yeah. about race. I was agreeing with that. But right. As writers of the show, why did you even? You why did you put like, that in there? Yeah, because we knew more than likely that's what we were thinking. Though, if you think about it, like, because you're like, yeah. who are you seeing in the main event? You're seeing Ace, and Ace was clearly green. You know, mm-hmm. um, Ace was very green because it was like you knew he was not ready to win that belt. He mm-hmm. still wasn't ready, even in the end. It was that's like why he didn't win it. That's why he didn't. Win. Yeah. It's like you're not ready to win the belt. Like you really aren't. You still got a lot of maturing to do because the moment something pisses you off from real life, you break character and you start just going like off script. And next thing you know, you're being unprofessional right now. You know, now he was able to, yeah, you know, like you were able to kind of turn it back on and wrestle with Crystal, which I was surprised. I was proud of him for that because I thought with him, yeah, you saw this, yeah, yeah, like I I thought, like with him being so angry at Jack for what Jack did after finally finding out, he literally almost killed his brother, and Mm -hmm. I was surprised Crystal was able to like get him to snap out of that and get back into character for a second, you know, and it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, you feel for Rooster because you're like, he kept it as professional as you could keep it. He was teaching, mm-hmm. he was teaching, you know, teaching talent. He was whatever you needed him to do, he was there to do it. And it, all he wanted was a shot at the belt. He didn't even necessarily want to win the belt. He just wanted a shot a man, to be in the main event. 
And there's so yeah. many wrestlers in modern day that go through that same struggle where they're working their butts off and all they want to do is just be in the main event just to experience what that's like, even if they don't win the belt, just to say, hey, I've been a main eventer because this talent I got is main event worthy. It's worth the fans eating up to see like, yo, this guy's got it, you know, whether you win or lose. And it just, he finally got that win, but it felt with that other league, which we'll talk on that guy it was, too. It was bullshit. But it was FWD. bullshit. You knew it. Yeah. You knew that belt was bullshit. <laughs> you knew it. Like, you know what I mean? You knew that belt was bullshit. You went and you took your first match. Like, and that's why that's why that shit almost fell. Cause when he tried to get ace, it was like, oh yeah, you're with the belt. That's what he was like. Rooster yeah. just won the belt. Shouldn't he hold on to it for a little bit, build the story? He was yeah. like, nah, he's the he's you're the catch, he's the finish type. I mean, he's the worm type of shit, right? Yeah. It was, it was that that made me feel some type of way when I saw that part. I was like, "Oh, that's how you feel, huh?" So you did you all that. Know. You had to know you just poached Rooster. Like, unfortunately yeah. for me, unfortunately for me, as much as I did like Rooster because he's one of two black characters, right? Like in real life, again, I'm just trying to think of real life. I just try to treat it like a real life show. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really a show; it was really wrestling. Right, right. He was like a. Like an RVD type. Oh, you know I mean? okay. Where it's like, where it's like, everybody, who hates Rob Van Dam? Can you find anybody who don't like him? Not one. You know what I mean? Not one person, right? Coolest right. white dude. Got yeah. the ponytail. You yeah. Know what I mean? Fucking RVD. You got the yeah. cool fucking uni yeah. uniforms. So yeah. I'm like, okay, you got the charisma. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to, you're not going to get the WWE title. The best you can hope for is in the time. Like, as far as popping mm. to the crowd, mm -hmm. like, you know, and, and, and I use Rod RVD, he was white. I, it, it had nothing to do with black or white. Right. It, you are a certain level of certain character. Level. Exactly. And even though Ace don't have the skill all the way, he's still mm -hmm. green, he's mm -hmm. got the pop. He's yes. got the face. He's mm -hmm. got Ace showed Every episode, he mm -hmm. is, he's got the natural, the fucking Y2J, the, yes. the charisma, the, I can cut a promo in any fucking form. Yeah. At the, at the, what was it, the baptism, cut a promo right there. Cut a promo Perfect. right there. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Perfect promo. You know what I mean? He's just got the chops. He got things that you don't, you can't teach. Yeah. And so that's how I looked at it. I'm like, well, Brewster, if, you, if the DWL had more belts, Intercontinental champion, you know what I'm saying? For sure, that's you all day, Rooster. Yeah, you're holding that down, but you're not the devil. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not. Like if we would, if they made, I think RVD might have won that that championship one time off some like off of a weird match. Right, right. But what would have been like if we had RVD as the as the champion? You know what I'm saying? Like even Chris Jericho was the WCW champion for a little for a little bit. Yeah, wasn't that long. It was just right. a little bit, you know what I mean? That was, and that was Jericho, who everybody, you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah. I could have been, he was one of the faces at one time. Right. So, it's like, Rooster, your character is what it is, you know what I mean? And I, if we're being honest, mm -hmm. I, don't think, I don't think he'll be on the show next year, or next season. Really? My guess with this is because it's a small promotion, mm -hmm. 
small promotions, you you know better than me. Circle mm-hmm. through characters. Motherfuckers yeah. in, we out. We yeah. in, we yeah. out. I think that this show might end up doing that. They might end up introducing three new characters next one because it's a, a promotion. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just it's in and out. Even though they stress family at the DWL, yeah. but you know what I mean? Crystal didn't become family to the last episode type of shit, so what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Jack Spade, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. The point you were about to make, finish that because you were right about him asking Rooster's name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it was, it was no, no, because I, 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 agree, I agree with everything you said. Those were great points, you know. So, so props to you for for that observation because what I was just gonna say is when you saw that scene where he literally is backstage and Jack comes up to him, congratulates him, saying like, "Hey, man, I saw that you know the crowd really." was over for you in that spot. Like, you, I really want to make sure I pay attention to you more to get you maybe in the main event at some point. And for him to just sit there and look and be like, what's my name? You know, and then he say his stage name. Hurt Girlfriend. Hurt Girlfriend. <laughs> that was Hurt Girlfriend, bro. That was Hurt Girlfriend. Like, yeah. the man, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you say yeah. that to another man, like, that was Hurt Yeah, yeah, because it's like, what's my name? And he's like, Rooster. He's like, no, no, I'm talking about my real name. What's my, what's my name? You know, and then it's just so funny how smooth Jack handled that because it's like, dude, I literally signed your checks. I know your name. At the end of the day, if I'm not even your friend, I sign your check. (laughs) Come on, like, I know your name is like, and it's just like, Bruh, like it was one of the things where you felt for Rooster a little bit in that scenario, but you also knew like it was so funny to see some of the other guys in the locker room too, kind of just be like, "Man, again, Rooster, like you still stuck on this, bro?" Like one minute he all you know he's celebrating, he having a good time with everybody else, but as soon as the show getting ready to start, he in the back lifting weights, like like, "Hey, man, the crowd hot out there," and it's like. Psh. Don't matter. I'm not in the main event. It ain't hot for me. This and that. And it's just like, bro, like, don't make it about you every time. Like, you go, you know, mm-hmm. like you feel for him because you want him to get the moment, which he got it in a different promotion, but he got his little moment. But it's one of those things where it's like, but you had to go through all that just to get to that moment. Like it really took you to jump ship. And it took you to do this and that. Like. It's just some of those things. Now, I see where you're going with, but I think we will see him back next season. But I probably, think he's going to go on a... More, more than likely. More than likely. I keep he... thinking maybe they shuffle characters in and out. Right. He was like a major... He was bigger than Apocalypse, and um, I don't even know the Hispanic dude's name. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he's yeah. Really he switched up his characters, and it was, he had a couple character his, names. I forgot his name. You know what I'm saying? But He was, yeah, he he was a forgettable like, character, because, I mean... He he was albeit you could tell he was the cool guy in the locker room that was like joking with the fellas, uh, you know, doing like main event ice, you know, going around and thinking, hey, yeah, you gotta do that. Uh he was kind of forgettable because he was just kind of like there most times. Fucking, uh, another fucking, forgettable per- fucking Perry Saturn. Perry Saturn over here. Ah. <laughs> forgettable. Oh, bro, not the Perry Saturn, but you know, um, now Bobby Penn though. My guy Bobby Penn, let's just give it up for Bobby Penn one time. I mean, that guy, I liked him. He was he was new, he was green, but you know what? He had his potential, and then Ace just had to be a freaking jerk. And just, oh man, that scene replays in my head, and I still just go, ah, like I remember I watched it over, 
I even tried to just close my eyes. And I still, just even hearing it, still just was like, ah, like just because I, I just can't imagine. Like that's why I tell they went people there. they really they did. Went there on the show. But I'm gonna tell you, this is why I tell people when it comes to wrestling, the main thing I love about heels is it shows you how real heels is or how real the wrestling business is. For everyone that talks about how fake and staged it is, it's like heels opens that curtain to show you, yes, this is predetermined, but understand mm -hmm. at any given moment, these characters could easily go off script, off something personal. When you're in that ring, you're trusting that other person across from you with your life. And if that person is pissed at you, i.e., perfect example, Matt Hardy and Edge, a.k.a. Adam Copeland. Matt Hardy and Adam Copeland did not like each other fresh in their feud. Why? Because they had Lita right there in the center who dated Matt real? Hardy. That was real. That was, real. That was a real beef. That was, a, that was a real beef. Yeah. It was really earlier. Yeah. Because what happened is it leaked out. This is in the internet phase when the internet was really getting to the point of where it's at. It wasn't, obviously, social media wasn't around at mm -hmm. that time, but the internet was. So fans were reading the dirt sheets and they knew Lita cheated on Matt with Edge and developed a thing, a real life for him after already having a real life thing for Matt Hardy who I think at that time was traded to Smackdown and then he just went on a downward spiral or something because it was like he gets fired meanwhile she's with Edge and they're together and that's why they turned Edge into a heel because the crowd was starting to go against him they didn't like the baby face Edge because they knew in real life you a sucker because you took that mad girl and you, Lita, you a slut because you left this man. And that's why they just took what they could and they embraced it and became heels on screen, uh, which heels also gives a great idea of doing because as we saw with Ace, thanks to the whole tissue thing, which we found out ended up being Jack Sparrow behind that. But to, to try to develop, it showed that it's not easy trying to be a face because the crowd can quickly turn against you now the number one rule in wrestling is it doesn't matter if it's a boo or if it's a cheer if you're getting some reaction out of them that's great any reaction is better than no reaction but the thing about it is when you're used to being cheered and suddenly something from your personal life leaks out and next thing you know the fans turn on or for whatever reason, maybe it's like The Rock. When he debuted and he was Rocky Maivia, good guy, loving guy, you saw he had potential, but he was nowhere near what he evolved to be because they couldn't get behind this Rocky Maivia character looking half Samoan, half black, coming out corner. here in these kind of corner colors, right? You couldn't get behind that. After a while, it was like, die, Rocky, die, and the fans turned against him and kept chatting, die, Rocky, die. He had to flip that, turn into a heel, join the nation of domination, develop the rock, and then turn into the character that the fans grew to love. 
you know, that's how this business works, man. Like, you just never know how fans are going to treat you. They could love Unless you one minute. Cold. Unless right. you cold. They could never turn him to a fucking heel. Exactly. You could never, because he even did. when they did, they still loved him. Even when they still did. Loved him. And, He's like and, the only person I could think of. Like, you just never. Oh, yeah. I mean, Obviously, but yeah, it's just it's just that's how it is, and I love that they showcase that with Ace because it was like Ace is like, man, I want to be the good guy. I want to be a face. Dad was a face. I want to be a face. Jack's mm-hmm. like, no, be a heel. It's fun. We get to be the heel, and it's one of those things where it's hard to decide what you want to be, but the crowd just like that can determine it for you. If you don't know if you like being a heel or a baby face, the crowd can darn sure tell you what they think. If they booing you, then you just got to learn how to embrace it and say, you know what? I like that y'all booing me. Screw y'all. Screw this city. Screw this town. Screw this and that. And, you know, and then you just go into heel mode, full-fledged. Or you could be a natural Ray Mysterio, Jeff Hardy type, where no matter what you do, the fans love you. Genuinely. Mm-hmm. And you're like forever underdog babyface type. So to Eddie me, Guerrero too. I forgot about him. Eddie yeah. Guerrero. Exactly. Like to me, that's Crystal. To me, that's Rooster. You know, to me, that's, you know, Ace was that for a little brief minute. Mm-hmm. But his real life persona, when you saw like he was immature and wasn't ready, it was like, he's the guy that you just don't know what to believe he is, you know, because even as a heel, he was still kind of immature with that, you know, where mm-hmm. it was like, I don't really know what to think of you right now, you know, as a heel or a baby face, like, you know, so, but there's just certain people where, you know, that was it. And, um, man, I'm talking about Bobby Penn in that situation, Bobby Penn representing that good old boy that gives you that good heel or that good face where it's like, I'm just me. Mm -hmm. small town simple guy you know so much potential and i just hate that it looked like his career got cut short where i saw him in a referee in the last episode and i was thinking to myself is this just for this moment or will he be back you know oh he'll be back you saw how quick they like i thought they kind of i thought they kind of handled that shit bad i ain't gonna lie because i do Mm -hmm. like bobby Penn, but he went from a broken leg Clean through the skin. Mm-hmm. We know what kind of injury that is. So right. like, you don't even have the crutch no more by the time you do the, the ref. You know what I mean? Like they like ramped him up fast. Like he's gonna yeah. get back in that ring. Like, he'll be he'll be back next thing, and they'll have the feud between him and Ace. Like they did that shit kind of fast. Like he was they already did. slid back in the ring. I'm like, damn boy, you good? Yeah. You all right? I can yeah, see that. He walking no crutch. I'm like, okay, well, you know, yeah. I think they would just. I think, unfortunately, it was, like, lazy writing where they had to, like, okay, we got to do something really bad with Ace. We yeah. got to make him really bad for a second. And that was just, like, okay, boom. Good opportunity to make him do something bad. Let's break his fucking leg. You yeah. know what I mean? But I agree. Bobby Penn, Bobby Penn will be back. I like how he found himself and was just himself. You know what I mean? He was trying yeah. a couple gimmicks. Didn't he, like, keep his skin blue or something like that? Didn't he do something? Yeah, he he did he did like the Incredible Hulk look, trying to make yeah. himself look all green. I was like, dude. Yeah. But you know, even him, uh, his story 
is very relatable to the wrestling business because you have so many bobby pins out there who are green as all get out and the number one thing in wrestling the number one rule going back to the fan situation i mentioned where it's like any reaction you get is better than no reaction Mm -hmm. when you're green like that and you're new to the scene you gotta figure out your character because you're like do i want to be booed do I want to be cheered? Okay, well, if I want to be cheered, what do people cheer for? The underdog, the hometown good old boy, you know, the the person that's the family man, you know, like I'm doing this because I got a son or a daughter that I'm taking care of on my own. Like, what's your story to make people cheer for you? Mm-hmm. To want to well, care the, about you. The witty asshole, everybody likes the witty asshole. Right, like you're kind of an asshole, but you're you're witty and you say little quick quirks and shit like that. Yeah, like you know, that. something like that. So it just it just goes to show that that was a, a perfect story, a mini story, if you will, because we know that Bobby didn't have like a lot after the whole broke leg leg situation. It kind of went a little downhill for him, but like you said, he'll be back because of how quickly they did that. But yeah, it's just they're wrapping him up. Yeah, they kind of, but it was one of those things where at least in the short time for his in-ring, for the short time that they showed it, they showed you what it's like to be green and what it's like to find yourself. And when you finally find it and you run with it, hey, sell it. Uh, So um, real quick, man, before I ask your overall view, let's touch on another favorite character that you mentioned because we didn't get to talk about her a lot in this. So let's touch on Willie. Real quick, and tell me what made you gravitate to Willie? What was it about? We saw, we saw her freaking out, you know, uh, you know, with a truly like what looked to be a traumatizing thing to her that had her snapping at her husband and 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 mm-hmm. you know snapping out at her daughter for a minute. Uh, we saw where she went from being like a jerk towards Crystal you know, to then actually like showing her tough love, but then actually really fighting for her when she realized like, yo, she's good. She can mm-hmm. wrestle and trying to mm-hmm. trying to convince Jack like, yo, she needs to be in the ring. Mm-hmm. And just all kind of different things that Willie got to showcase that she's clearly a woman that just don't take no crap. Like what, what really gravitated you to Willie and her character? Um, I think I probably resonate with Willie as a as a person, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and that that was a real person. I feel like I kind of I see myself in her a lot, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um except I'm not a uh, a severe alcoholic boy. She had that to go cup everywhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, she did. That's she another, did. That's another podcast, but I think um she did her job and she did it well. And she put a lot into that job as far as the DWL. But who she was in her wrestling life Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily who she was at home. Like she went to work, she did her job. That was what it was. And then she goes home and she has that life where she's Mm -hmm. not trying to let this other shit kind of... It does spill in over here, but she wasn't trying to let it. She had to try to have that shit separate other than like every other character where that shit was a part of it. It was like, you know what I mean? 
Like mm-hmm. Jack and Ace had that shit that was merged into their life. That was their whole life was wrestling. Yeah. I like how she had it split. Like my my daughter and my husband don't got nothing to do with this shit. Mm-hmm. We got a nice ass house over here. Like we mm-hmm. got our life over here. You know what I mean? Once I'm home, I'm nice to them. You know what I mean? I'm a hard ass to everybody else, but I'm yeah. nice to them. You know what I mean? She felt like you said earlier, she felt like she felt about Crystal. Mm-hmm. Again, I saw myself with this person. She had her way. She's in her ways. She felt mm-hmm. how she felt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, look, you're not no fucking wrestler. What are you talking about? I don't, whatever. Mm-hmm. But once you proved it to her, once mm-hmm. she saw, she was like, oh, okay. She was willing to change her opinion. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I got you. Don't worry. I'm going to talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She tried it with Jack. She was like, hey, no. You, you, like, you, she's the only good one. You know what I mean? She really yeah. tried it. It yeah. didn't work, but she tried it and she showed that, hey, look, I'm not just like a hard ass. Like, this is just this is what it is. Like, we're here. I'm a woman. I've been in this situation. This is mm-hmm. what it is. You don't know yet. But I'm I'm seeing that, you know, I can I can not change my true colors, but um, she's definitely multifaceted. She wasn't oh, yeah. just one person, one side to her. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's what really, I, I just, even though her character was presented to us in one way mm-hmm. and had, and was steadfast in that way, Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of different examples of her different sides. You know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. that's why I really liked her. You know what I mean? She showed she was probably the most complete human on that damn show. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As far as work life, personal life, you know, all that stuff. She's probably the most mm-hmm. complete person on the I show. I agree. So that's what I really like. I really appreciated her. And then when I found out she used to be Bunny Bombshell, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. Fucking, I'm like, oh, okay. So you lit all the way around. Like, yeah, lit, all you, the way around. You like, wasn't just the damn manager. You was every part of this shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah. I, I really did. I really did like her. I think she was she was very necessary. Like she didn't speak much. She spoke mm-hmm. a lot, but she didn't like. I think everything she said was powerful. Like how I think Stacy had a bunch of wasted dialogue or mm-hmm. wasted camera time. Mm-hmm. I think everything Willie did or said was was necessary. Yeah. Every line, like every little interaction, Come on. very necessary. I think that's that's why I like her so much. I agree. I agree. And um, like I said, she definitely was a uh, a top character for sure in terms of how she handled things. And um, one more final character I would say that I want to see more from going into next season. And feel free to emphasize if there's anyone specifically you want to see more from going into next season. Um. I want to see more from Apocalypse because I feel like we didn't get much of story. Like he, he, when talking to Rooster, it was like, he mentioned that he got his chance in the main event. And, you know, we heard about an injury that he had and suffered and, you know, but how Jack Spade and them took him back and and, and welcomed him in and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So I, I need to know more about the story because he felt like a like a supporter's role for sure more than anything where it was like mm-hmm. um because i saw where like you know he he had fans that came to him and signing autographs like he was literally like a, a a good person and just to find out a little bit deeper about who apocalypse is when he's outside of the ring you know like um seemed to come off as a good guy but i would love to know more about his character and, and who he is going into next season for sure. 
if they can, just give us a little bit more dialogue from him on some things and uh, let's see how it goes. No, nah, for sure, for sure. More Apocalypse would be cool. Um, I don't know if it's a specific character I want to see more of, mm-hmm. but what I would like more from the show is mm-hmm. mixing this uh, present day stuff with the wrestling. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like they need to um, make sure we remember this is happening present day. Yes. So what I mean yes. by that is like my favorite episode, my favorite moment in the whole show mm-hmm. is when they cut the promo. When they shot the promo themselves. Like oh the yeah. Promo, yes. Yes. In the in the gas station. Yeah. And then, and it was going through the car wash and stuff yes. like that. Yes. That was, a, that was the coolest part of the show to me. Like yeah. watching them cut that promo, but it made me think. I'm like, they're doing this off of an off of iPhone. You know what I mean? Like they just like it, we could do this today. You yeah. just cut a promo today, and Come I'm on. like, that's the shit that 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 they were missing back mm-hmm. in the era that I loved wrestling. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. if the Rock and Stone Cold could just fucking go pull up to a Best Buy and be recording each other. And just recording his other Yeah. And, then, and then not even this is not even a real promo. We're out just fucking off in this town right now, but we just turn it into a promo because they're right next to each other. We just got the character. From we made it work. Yeah. You know what I mean? We made it work. Yes. To me, that was the most genius part of the show because you that's how you showcasing the difference between the old Duffy Federation, mm-hmm. the old Duffy League where King Spade was running this shit. Yes. And now we're doing it. This is the new generation. We got technology. Yes. We stream this shit. Everybody. Yes. Yeah, I think they need to they need to bring that more in because anytime they did, they knocked out the park. When they brought Mick Foley in to do a podcast, yes, they had podcasts back in the day. You know what I mean? You couldn't get no background info. I think bringing that in, making Mm -hmm. that a facet of the show, I Mm -hmm. thought that was genius because now you can have a fucking a um a rival podcaster. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things you could do. Like when they showed, I want them to show more of the Florida wrestling. Oh you know yeah, I mean? FWD. I didn't show more yeah, of that. yeah I didn't that's show that was that interesting. It was interesting. That was yeah. another venue. The way mm-hmm. they did their promotion was different. Yeah, even down to their locker room was yeah. different. Different. You know what I mean, they were only doing drugs right there. You know oh yeah, it was. It was just different. And and, and so, you could tell that was their ECW. That's what they were showcasing. Exactly. They were showcasing you exactly. old school. But it goes exactly. back to the time frame thing too, because. The thing about it is wrestlers today, if we're talking about today, wrestlers today don't do half of what wrestlers in the 80s and the 90s and the 70s did. The stuff they showed in the FWD, like what you said, doing the coke, doing all, that was total 70s, 80s, and 90s backstage mm-hmm. locker rooms, right? And, and, and that was that's every sport. That's yeah. Time. That was yeah. every sport. Every sport. Modern day, that's not something you see because wrestlers, athletes, they want to be athletes, you know, so they're training to to do what they do longer. You know what I mean? Basketball players, football players, wrestlers, like they they have a different type of nutrition now where it's like, yo, we we trying to to do this thing for like 10, 20, 30 years on some LeBron type stuff, like mm-hmm. where it's like, will he ever retire? Like he still looks like he did when he was 20, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that's H-G. where exactly that's why it's like that's H-G you know, stuff. 
Don't. Hey, don't. Ah, ah, ah. See, see. That's HGH. That's HGH. You see? You see? I'm gonna be real with you. That's, That's HGH. HGH. Hey, look. Yeah, yeah. LeBron been on HGH since Miami. Now. I hate come to say on. it, but he's been on HGH since Miami. Come on, come on. Oh, I heard a theory about that. You know, that's a pod, yeah. That's a discussion for I'm definitely another, another show. Yeah. But yeah, I do want to chop it up with you about that, my brother, because yeah, I man. definitely had someone pitch a theory to me about that guy saying when he retires, it's going to be real interesting because you're going to find some stuff out. You're going to find theory. some stuff out that might leak and be like... <laughs> yeah, that's not theory. Because they were like, look, look, look at him in 2003. Look at mm. him in 2014. Look at mm. him in 2021. Hmm. Mm. Something's wrong here. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, so, uh, you know, we're going to see. But uh, yeah, um, I'm glad you brought up FWD real quick because that was a character we really didn't touch more on either because I know you didn't like him. Lord knows he actually did his job right because. No, 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 he was a good, like, I like, I didn't like him, but I liked him for that. You know what I mean? We weren't supposed to like him. You right. Know what I mean, he was right. a great character, though. He added to the show, like, like, like the show needs him. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, like that that was a great character. I didn't like him because I'm not supposed to like him. Oh but yeah, he was a great, great character, man. Great yeah. character. Like, I, I was gonna go try to steal the belt at the end. Fuck oh him. yeah, yeah. I, was, I had fucking Paul Heyman written all over it. Boy, I'm telling you, I was like, great. what? And great. that that's great. just man. Listen, great. we. Hopefully we get more of that rivalry for sure going into next season because I definitely want to see what's he going to do next to try to counter whatever he failed to do to take his competition down. What's the WL going to do knowing that FWD was there invading? Mm-hmm. What are they going to try to do next time? Like, you know, now it's going to it's just get so many different angles, so many different mm-hmm. cool stories that you can tell, including past because i'll tell you there's one more character i forgot about when you brought him up and you brought up wild bill there's a throwback i forgot to bring up shout out to my boy cm punk ladies and gentlemen ricky rabies oh my god i didn't realize, I need, I didn't realize that was cm punk uh, i thought little wrestling i like i I thought Little Rest when I watched. I didn't even know that was CM Punk until I heard oh, it later. I'm like, oh, well, shit, it was. Punk. It was. It, it helps that they, his none of his tattoos were showing. By the way, like none of them. I realized mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't hit me until I realized. I was like, they covered up all of your tattoos, like every last mm-hmm. one of them. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Like I almost didn't recognize. I just realized I don't. I don't, I don't recognize you without your tattoos, dude. But uh, nah, man, I, I really enjoyed Ricky rabies as well because just like wild bill he gives you that throwback feel like ah yeah yeah brother you know i can't go the way i used to brother but uh it's in my blood you know just showing that like terry funk yeah good terry funk vibes you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. where it's like still got it where he can get in there but he may not be what he used to be in his younger days Mm -hmm. and um i definitely want more of that mix of throwbacks and new school to kind of I'm show you the you difference know. in generations. Like, yeah, that's really dope. You know what I mean? I do like that they did that aspect. So CM Punk, I know you signed to AEW now. And at that time, you really weren't signed to them just yet. But I hope we definitely get to see more Ricky Rabies in the season two. And uh, sure. giving that that's story to him. Because, you know, and like you said, like if they go throwback route, 
um, we heard that he wrestled his dad. So we could see where King Spade and Ricky Rabies had, you know, their matches tearing they up. Gotta do that. They gotta, gotta do gotta it. Show, they gotta show more of that shit, man. They yes. gotta do like at least 40% of the show be back in the back in, in the old days, man. You know, because they can move this present day shit quick. They can move yeah. that quick. They can move it quick, but they gotta show us how where it came from a little, a little more, I think so. I totally agree, brother. I couldn't say any better myself. So uh, real quick, man, that, ladies and gentlemen, about does it for our thoughts uh, on the show, Heels. For oh, season by the way, by the way, Bob Bill shit himself the ring. Oh, yeah. Bob Bill shit himself the ring. You saw that coming, too, because he, dude, dude tried to warn him, right? He tried to warn him, like, yo, um, the stuff I got, man, that's the best you could do. I mean, any of that other stuff's gonna mess with you. He knew better. He couldn't he help it. But it's the perfect story again, going back to the older generations. Like that's the stuff they do. When you're mm-hmm. used to taking that stuff, especially with all that punishment you've taken over the years, and you not you're not a young man anymore. Mm-hmm. So you got to take stuff to get you in that zone. And fortunately, in his case, man, that. Ugh. He, he crapped himself, yeah, literally. And that was kind of funny just to watch him just later, like, yeah. When he, when he was, like, that was a great part of the season finale, man. Like, the finale, again, I didn't like that the Crystal won the belt. Mm-hmm. But I knew it was going to happen, and I love how they executed it. The yeah. finale was amazing, start to finish. And the fact that he shit his pants. And they was all figuring out, like, yeah, what happened to Bill? What the fuck's up with Bill? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he said he shit his pants. Oh, he shit his pants? Yeah, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's he, yeah, Okay, yeah. figure it out. Are we going to figure it out on the fly? Okay, we got to figure it out on the fly. Figure and when out. he just looked, when he leaned into it, it was like, yeah, shit, my pants. Got to play dead. I'm uh, like, yo, you're hilarious. I'm like, yo, you're hilarious. That's all right. Yo, all you can do is just fucking play dead. That's it. That's all you can do the whole time until we saw it. And then we see him get up, you see the stain, and you're like, oh, oh boy, that was. Dang. Oh, oh my goodness. Can I you imagine it. just being front row in the arena? You're smelling that. Oh my goodness. I you know somebody smoking. Come on you now. Over for that clothesline, man. The fumes that probably went by was crazy. Oh boy. Woo wee. Jeez, man. Yo, shout out to Wild Bill. Shout out to Ricky Raby. Shout out to Rooster. Shout out to Bobby Penn. Shout out to Jack Spade. A Spade. The spades of spades, King Spade, uh, you know, uh, any spade but Stacy Spade, apparently. Uh, just a shout out to them all. Uh, man, heels, y'all give yourselves a round of applause for a successful first season. You guys did great. Uh, we loved it. Uh, Wes, sir, if you had to give this a rating, uh, say one out of 10 as a whole show to watch, what are you rating this? For somebody who hasn't seen it and wants to watch it, um, for people, if you like TV dramas, I will rate this a strong eight out of ten. Mm, okay, strong eight out of ten, I'll say because love that. I'll rate it a seven out of ten. I'll okay, rate it a seven out of 10. okay. I really, I like wrestling. As much as I like basketball now, mm-hmm. wrestling was bigger for me growing up. Like, yeah. I, I, it was a certain point in my life where wrestling was bigger than basketball. Yeah. So I really, really loved wrestling. And, and I was like, this shit made me feel really good. 
Yeah. Because it just, it felt like nostalgia. It just felt real good. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to give it an eight. But, you know what? No, it's an eight. Because even for somebody who don't, even for somebody who doesn't watch wrestling, you could like this show. Oh, yeah. This show would be great. You know what? I have to agree with you on that. I would give that a strong, solid eight. Maybe even go eight and a half if you do the point and a half system because it's like, it's one of those things where, like you said, I now have something that I can show someone mm-hmm. who may not be a fan of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But if you're a fan of shows, if you're, or if you're somebody like, now I don't, even though I love this platform I have, and y'all know, y'all know I love to school as many people as I can and bring on people to school, y'all who are casual listeners. But man, when you have a show like this, where you ain't even got to do much explaining, let the show do it. Because then they can see the ins and outs, the trials and the tribulations of the life of a wrestler. How you're always on, on the move because you always got to think about the next show You got to make sure you know the outcome and the story that's going to be told to make it make sense for the next show, Mm -hmm. you know, how to keep the crowd entertained. And you see the fact that, yes, it's predetermined, but then you see everything else around it. You see the fact that, oh, man, if he's not getting pushed correctly and he's frustrated, it's going to show itself. If this person's green and doesn't know what they're doing, they may mess around and get hurt anyway. If Mm -hmm. that person thinks they're ready for the main event spotlight, yeah, they check off all the boxes, but mentally mature they're not mature enough to do it yet because they're going to go off script and they're going to mess around and actually damage and hurt their opponent in the ring those are the type of aspects where you can see this show and it shows the casual person hey this ain't this fake as you like to think or call it because again it's just like what you see in this show you see this in wwe you can see this in wwe you can see this in AEW. you can see this in the indies it doesn't matter in the world of professional wrestling, this is what you go through on a daily basis. And Heels does a perfect job of explaining that all to a T, including the competition aspect with the FWD, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The F, you know, yeah. like FDW. So like, it just goes to show that, man, phenomenal series. If you are like me and you know people out there that don't watch wrestling or try to look down on you because you like wrestling, show them that show and then you'll be like, this is just a fraction to show you why I love this business. This is a fraction to show you why I'm into what I'm into because this can tell it way better than I can sit here and explain it because you can visually see it. You know, so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to season two stars. If If you see this, Give us the season two officially so we can know to get ready for season for sure. two of this very show. Um, real quick, Wes, before I let you go, man. Um, one, I need to know, brother. I asked y'all earlier in the show, a certain wrestler made his uh, rap debut. Wrestler turned Hollywood actor. Million dollar man, if you will, billion dollar, however you want to name it, the man that you see just about everywhere these days, the man with the guns, the man with the puns, the man's with the eyebrow, made his hip hop debut on Face Off 
which is a track by Tech Nine, who is an underground legend in his own right doing things. Sir, how did you feel when you found out this man did a, a, a rap verse? And how did you feel? What was your reaction when you actually heard this rap verse from Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Uh, I'm gonna start out by saying that The Rock is my all-time favorite wrestler. Period. Yes. Period. All time. It's not close, right? Let me just right. stop by saying. That. I'm also saying I enjoy Tech Nine. With that said, I thought this is probably this is probably the corniest thing The Rock has done. Wow, really? It's probably the corniest thing he's done. Wow, like it's cool that he did it. Like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. the rock and a rap song. But I'm like, it's like I'm looking at him like John Cena now. (laughs) Like I'm like, you you gave me the word life rap. You know what I'm saying? You gave me the the thugonomics rap, and I'm like, you know, (laughs) like it's just it's so funny. It's so funny just watching the rock like just be sometimes. I seen I seen the video and I'm like, you know, and this is and again, these are just jokes, but you're the rapper, you know, you gotta you gotta yeah. like you gotta have certain swag in the video, you gotta have yeah. a certain way about yourself. Uh-huh. And the rock has ultimate swag, he's got ultimate aura, he's got everything, but he ain't yeah. got rap aura. He ain't got raps. <laughs> he, he ain't got that. Because yeah. unfortunately, and I'm only going to say this, I know you have fans of all races, colors, creeds, everything. Come on. I'm saying it's the only way I know how. Come on, brother. Rap is, rap culture, rap swag, is black. Let's just say it like that. It's black. Period. You know what I mean? Now you got rappers who ain't black, you got rap swag. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not Eminem. Matt Miller had rap swag. Was not a black guy. Was a white dude, you know what I mean? But he had his rap swag. Come on, the rock. When he, the rock reminds me of a white dude trying to act black when he was rapping. Like you know what I mean? And the rock, <laughs> the rock, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so funny to see him because he was like, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was like, all right, dude. Like he just he just looked so corny, like. Yeah, man, give me the Drake. I'm like, yeah. I was like, okay, Rock. I guess this is something else you're doing. Who knows? I'm like, at least you do it. You do it good. Like number one, I guess. Whatever. Who knows? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you're the rapper. You tell me how you thought. What'd you think of it? You know what? Um, how you feel about I the was... bars, man? Write the bars. <laughs> <laughs> do you write okay. the bars? You probably wrote the bars, right? Yeah, you I would say now some out there are saying they feel Tech Nine wrote those bars and coached him through that verse. I'm gonna say he the Rock definitely it. wrote those. I will definitely say he wrote his bars, but Tech Nine probably coached him on how to deliver the bars a little bit. For but sure. then again. Maybe not. The Rock probably surprised y'all in terms of that. Maybe he did the whole thing himself because of the fact that the man is a big, evident fan of hip-hop music. You know, he, yeah. when, he's, when he's ripping it up in Iron Paradise, he got the yeah. hip-hop in the playlist. You know, he may yeah. have some rock Every stuff time. in there, too, but you know he's going to have hip-hop. Uh, yeah. And most definitely, you know, he studied some flows and probably said, you know what, I'm going to deliver it this way. And just da-da-da-da-da. I mean, we know one thing. He did that in one take. For me, he pulled a Jay-Z, and that was impressive. He did it in one take. 
literally said yeah. it even at I mean, the look, end. The, one the take. Rock is an impressive guy, man. Oh yeah. And for all my parents out there, if you've heard uh you're welcome on the Moana's movie, I'm yes. one time. The rock yes. rap on that pretty good. I'm like, okay, this is pretty good little kids bop rap. Like I like the flow. The flow was nice. <laughs> the flow was nice. Yeah, you know, well, um, talented, man. I mean, it, he's a master rapping is using your words, man, and he's a master at that. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, um, it's actually kind of funny to hear him rap after knocking John Cena. Speaking of which, uh, in their feud, literally putting on the hat all backwards and and mocking John Cena like because he's a rapper and he's like, you know, yeah, you can't see me, you know, and. Playing the guitar, you know, because we know The Rock does the sing along with The Rock on the acoustic yeah. guitar. So uh-huh. you never, never once did you think a guy with the name The Rock was going to ever rap, but yeah. he did. All I can say is the man is living his best life. I think we can all agree at that one. And that showed sure Like, you sure can. Yeah. You're on top of the world. You're still down to earth and humble. People still love you because you're not portraying a character you really are who you are you're humble you got all the success you've done it all in the wrestling ring you're darn near still doing it all when it comes to the box office and all of these movies and not to mention your side hustles and all these different businesses that you're doing with your ex-wife and out here literally making it work and you're a family mm-hmm. man and now you just hopped on a rap verse for the first time in your life like that's if that's not living your best life and doing, and at this point, he's just doing things he's probably never done before that was on the bucket list. That was probably on the bucket list. You know what? I'm going to do a rap song and I'm going to hop on it. And we're going to have a dope artist on there. Tech Nine, that's the guy. Cool. Check that off the box. And it's going to go number one. Keep on moving. There you go. So, I, you know, kudos. It's not the greatest. But no, I still no, no, no. enjoyed it. I did. I still enjoyed it. I, I thought it was kind of, but but there's a part of me that has a thing for corny. So what what can I say? Like mm-hmm. it came off corny. Yes, it did. But I enjoyed it. He's, got that. He's ultimate corny now. Ultimate. I corny. mean, look, you know, whatever. It's the rock. Whatever. It's the rock. You know what I'm saying? So props to you, sir, Dwayne Johnson. From Dwayne to Dwayne. Hey, keep living your best life because Lord knows I'm doing the same thing over here, right here on the Life's of Botch podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank y'all so much for tuning in with us. Uh, real quick, Wes, go ahead, tell the good people on here, man. This is your time. This is your time to share your platform. Tell the people what you got going on, what you got coming up, and where they can find you, my man. Um, I don't like a lot of the people. I have been a bum, so <laughs> I ain't got nothing. I got nothing, guys. Got nothing for you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, come you know, on. My life right now, boy, I'm about to be 30. You know what I'm saying? I got other things going on in the world right now. I got nothing for you guys. You know what I'm saying? So you live life the best way you know how. I live life the best way I know how. That's all I got for y'all. That's all my boy got. That's all my Phoenix guy. Suns, number one. Number one scene, Phoenix Suns. That's what I got for you. Come on, man. Well, listen. Tell the people, man, we already know, at least if anything, man, y'all go out there. Y'all stream, support my bro out here, man. Podcast the podcast, man. Y'all go out there, check out We Got Next, and you already know. Actually, I got next because I said we, but it's I got next, ladies and gentlemen. Check out I Got Next, especially if you know and love your basketball talk, man. This gentleman right here knows his basketball one-on-one to a T. If you don't believe me, 
challenge him. Go ahead. He's always asking survey questions. Who you got as the rookie of the year? Who you think's the MVP? Who you think's gonna be most most improved player? Who you think's gonna be defensive player of the year? And I guarantee you, man, he is gonna give you candidates and he's gonna know exactly what he's talking about from a T. So check this man's platform out. If nothing else, I'll put him over because that's what we do right here on the Life's of Botch podcast. We put over our guests. We put over the talent. We put them all over. Um, Y'all already know, man, follow the Life's of Botch podcast, man. We just got a TikTok. So if you're on TikTok and you're the TikTok type, ladies and gentlemen, we are now on TikTok at Life's of Botch podcast. Also on Instagram at Life's of Botch podcast. Not on Twitter, so you already, if, you, if you're a Twitter type and you want to see me live tweet with, with certain wrestling events, literally just follow my artist page on Twitter at Highlight Life, H-I-L-I-T-E Life. But nonetheless, thank y'all so much. Oh, and I cannot forget the platform behind the platform, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you follow all things at OTS Media Co. That is OTS Media Co. Uh, head to the website, www.otsmedia.com code.com where you can learn more about what OTS is and what it's all about and what we brought to the platform, all that good stuff. Life's a botch is here. Thanks in part to what OTS does, man. But again, right here on this very show, I got a very, very dope special legend coming to you guys on next week's episode. So make sure you don't miss out on what's tune coming. In, tune in, tune in, sure tune in, tune in. Tune in. We got a really dope special legend. He's a hardcore legend. He's an ECW legend and a WCW legend, ladies and gentlemen. Won't announce who he is. Just got to tune in and find out. But make sure y'all tune in. And we love you guys so much for your support. Shout out to the Jobbeteers. Shout out to the Dirty Heels. Shout out to everybody in the wrestling industry and the wrestling field right now that's either you're podcasting or you're out there grinding as a wrestler. Oh, and uh, shout out to my girl, Trisha Dora, man. I got to give her a big shout out because she literally, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, if you follow Ring of Honor Wrestling, which is the, arguably, it depends on where you rank it, but I'd like to say it's probably the fourth biggest wrestling promotion out of all of them. Shout out to wrestler, female wrestler, Trish Adora for featuring your boy in her entrance. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to the show, if you didn't know, now you know. This is the voice behind the very theme song that Trisha Dora has officially debuted on Ring of Honor. So every time you hear her come out to Tribal, that is your boy right here. Highlight Reel, the Prince of Botch. You already know, man. And we got a video coming for y'all for that one just so y'all can go and search it, play it as much as you want. Make sure you learn it as much as possible so that when she comes out, y'all showing her that love, man. I want y'all singing and rapping that theme right as she's coming out. Show it the same love that you show every other wrestler, man. And I thank y'all so much. So I just wanted to shout my girl out, man, and say thank you, Trisha Dora. Wishing the best for you in Ring of Honor. I know that Ring of Honor Women's Championship is definitely coming your way sooner than later. But in the meantime, thank y'all guys so much for always tuning in, rocking with us. And uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much a wrap. So y'all already know how we do. I want to see those two sweet signs up in the air, ladies and gentlemen, one time. Throw it up as we get ready to tell you two sweet... 
Peace. Yes, sir.